Today on this first episode of the Richards Report, we have got a great show for you guys. Democrats just a week before the inauguration are already changing their tone about lockdowns now that they're imploring people to reopen their businesses and restart the economy. Also, before Big Tech decides not to make this podcast available to you guys out there, the hypocrite CEO of Twitter, the Rasputin lookalike Jack Dorsey, was exposed by Project Veritas, and we will play both the tapes that have just been released. We have much more coming up on this program. Get ready. You don't want to miss a minute of it. Let's go. So this has got to be kind of a coincidence that Democrats, city leaders, and governors are now changing their tone about lockdowns. They were saying it's only the way to slow the spread at first, going against all the scientific evidence behind it. And now that they sound like they're absolute hypocrites because they know things are going to get worse when Joe Biden takes power. Because they know he's going to do a nationwide lockdown. It's insulting that they think we can just that they could just slap us around like that and insult our own intelligence. We all know that these lockdowns are politically motivated and we paid the price for it. The mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, said that she wanted bars and restaurants to open up ASAP, but only limited capacity, and would discuss plans going further with Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. God, you guys deserve so much better leadership in Illinois. And quite frankly, a lot of these states need better leadership, especially in California and New York. Remember when people like her said that we were going that we were mass murderers and or even grandma killers for not obeying their draconian lockdown orders and now all of a sudden they expect us to forget about it kind of a coincidence now since democrats are in control of every form of government except for the most state governments and except for the supreme court Governor Cuomo, who still thinks he's a good leader despite how poorly he's handled the pandemic in his state and has forced the incarceration of the elderly to die in nursing homes from COVID, had more of an egregious matter on the plan going further. So in his State of the State address, he changed his tone on lockdowns completely. He did a complete 180 on what he was originally going to do. And here is what he had to say. We must deal with a short-term economic crisis, a record $15 billion state deficit that must be addressed in the next several weeks. Fourth, we must plan our economic resurgence. We simply cannot stay closed until the vaccine hits critical mass. The cost is too high. We will have nothing left to open. We must reopen the economy, but we must do it smartly and safely. Okay, I just want to point out that he threw out perfectly good vaccines, which could have gone to the most vulnerable, but he wanted to play politics with COVID. And now he's saying that we can't stay closed, as if he's been saying that to us for months. But it was us, the people, that have been saying to that for him for a while. And he wouldn't listen to us. He was punishing small business owners just for trying to put food on the table and a roof over their head for their families. But now everything looks to be okay because we have a new president. You will see within the next few months all the things Trump did that were good regarding COVID are now going to be credited to Biden, and he's going to be hailed as a saint to the left. I wouldn't even be surprised if they gave a Nobel Peace Prize to Biden for inheriting all of Trump's good policies. They already gave one to Obama for literally doing nothing in his time in office. 
Remember how they treated Governors Ron DeSantis and Christy Nome for not locking down their states? They were all over them about cases going up and more people in the ICUs with COVID, but they ignored the fact that like states like New York and California have a bigger population, thus the deaths are higher, hospitalizations are up. So, my point being in this is that there's going to be a blatant double standard in this, and you are going to hear me say it a lot, and you'll soon see why. But they are not even trying to hide it from us anymore. Alright, so I'm not, I'm really anxious now to do this segment. Remember how President Trump said that they were not going to come after me, but they were going to come after you, I just happened to be in the way? He's right. And Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey has now proven that to be true. In case you forgot, he deplatformed President Trump, and now these big tech oligarchs have more power than all three branches of government. And thank God for people like Project Veritas and James O'Keefe. They've obtained a secret phone call recording from a whistleblower inside Twitter that proved Trump's statement to be true. Listen to this and you'll be shocked. You should always feel free to express yourself in whatever format, manifestation feels right. We do intend to do a full retro, as I said in my note. It is going to take some time. Um, and then the, the other thing, just to just to close out a little bit, we, you know, we, we are focused on one account right now, but this is going to be much bigger than just one account. And it's going to go on for much longer than just this day, this week the next few weeks it's going to go on beyond the inauguration we have to expect that we have to be ready for that so the focus is certainly on this account and um, how it ties to real world violence but also we need to think much longer term around how these dynamics play out over time um, i don't believe this is going away anytime soon and the moves that we're making today uh, around uh, QAnon, for instance one such example of a much broader approach um, that we should be looking at um, and, and going deeper on. So um, the team has a lot of work and a lot of focus on this particular issue, but we also need to give them the space and the support to focus on the, the much bigger picture um, because it is it is not going away. Um, you know, the, the U.S. is extremely divided. Um, our platform is uh, showing that uh, every single day. And our role is to protect the integrity of that conversation uh, and do what we can to make sure that no one is being harmed uh, based off that. And, and that is the focus and um, that is the, the color we want to provide. So there you have it. It's not about Trump. The censorship is, censorship is going to be more and much broader. And all the liberals that are cheering this on, you laugh now, but believe me, they're going to come after you next. They told conservatives to make their own Twitter and they did just that with Parler, and then Amazon kicked them off their servers. But thank God they found a new server called Epic, but the CEO of Parler said that Parler may not ever come back. The app won't anyway. The left is on a mission to ostracize conservatives, make them second-class citizens, and make sure they can't express their freedom of speech that was given to us by God. I hate to break it to those people, but the 75 million people that voted for Trump are not Nazis, nowhere even close to that. You know how hard it would be to justify kicking all 75 million people, almost half the country, off social media, banks, their jobs, and their livelihoods? The most idiotic comparison I've heard about this is that this is even worse than Watergate. No, banning him after he specifically condemned the rioters and told everybody to remain peaceful and go home justifies banning him? This is just another excuse the left has on getting rid of him. All you liberals... Again, they're going to come after you. The purge starts with conservatives, 
but they're just going to use you as pawns and you'll be their next target. They're using false narratives that Nazis and white supremacists are justified in banning without showing the facts. And they ignore the fact that he condemned all the people, Nazis, white supremacists during his time as presidency, or even they said he incited violence. None of this is true, of course, and the irony in all this is because the left actually incited all the violence, hint, hint, Maxine Waters. They provided support and weapons to all the BLM rioters over the summer and explicitly and vocally encouraged physical violence amongst conservatives. Now, believe it or not, some world leaders outside this country, even on the left, have condemned the actions of Twitter banning Trump. They see what kind of dangerous game that big tech is playing right now. And when you have the left-wing leaders defend Trump, you know that you did something wrong. The left-wing president of Mexico is calling the ruling elites out and pointing out the danger. And the, even the German chancellor of Germany, Angela Merkel, has called out Twitter. But I mainly want to get to the president of Mexico's take on this. So President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador has now promised to take on the big tech companies. He said, quote, I can tell you that at the first G20 summit that we have, I'm going to make a proposal on this issue. All these left-wingers in this country tell other left-wingers in other countries that they must hate Trump, Mexico especially. But no, President Alvarado sees right past this bullshit game that they're playing in the corporate media. He says, quote, Yes, social media should not be used to incite violence and all that. As he just, I love how he just dismisses all that. But it cannot be used as a pretext to suspend freedom of expression. How can a company act as if it was all-powerful, omnipotent as a sort of Spanish inquisition on what is expressed? So that's a good question. To an extent, we should limit the people inciting violence on Twitter, like especially when China posts things about sterilizing Uyghurs and tweets stuff about mass genocide. I never thought that I would agree for once with left-wing leaders like Alvarado and Angela Merkel. When this Rasputin lookalike in Silicon Valley, Jack Dorsey, a grown man with a nose ring, I might add, and looks like he hasn't hit the shower in weeks, should not have the ability to censor, censor the sitting president of the United States. It's not a right-wing or a left-wing issue that we face based on common sense. That's what it's all about. Freedom itself is under attack by these big tech companies, and a unitary government might be next within the next few days. Also, earlier today I said release the Project Veritas tapes. As of today, as I'm recording this right now, they just released another insider tape from another Twitter whistleblower. So in this video, a woman named, I might butcher their name, Vijaya Gotti, who is the head of legal policy and trust at Twitter, says that they're going to permanently suspend the accounts of people who even questioned the outcome of this election. Take a listen. Beyond deamplification, we are going to, conspiracy theorists, we are going to be permanently suspending those accounts. Whether we believe Trump's tweets are inciting violence and having real world harm, I think we've seen that, in fact, they are since coming back from the timeout to um, de-escalate the situation. Um, 
course, we're going to do a retro. We're, we're, we're in the midst of a retro around the collection generally. This will be most definitely folded into it. What we saw Wednesday morning was really concerning to us, obviously. So uh, a small team gathered from Trust and Safety. We were discussing um, the potential for violence to happen, and we decided to uh, escalate our enforcement of the civic integrity policy and use um, a label that disabled engagements um, to stop the spread of potentially inflammatory um, content, which is the content around uh, election interference, election fraud, stealing the election, um, that type of thing. We are going to, conspiracy theories, we are going to be permanently suspending those accounts. We are doing everything that we can to ensure that Twitter is being used in a positive way, and possibly affect society. So this isn't going to be an issue that we're facing here in the United States. It's going to be on a global scale. The idea of Twitter as a private company is a real slap in the face for those that own small businesses. There are private companies too. It's because it doesn't matter to them. Before all hope seems lost, Twitter and Facebook got a huge service of instant karma. After they banned President Trump from their platforms, both of them lost about combined $51 billion in shared revenue. Billion. They act surprised that this was going to happen. I mean, <laughs> did they expect this was... What do you think was going to happen when you suggested banning 20, 74 million Americans that voted for Trump off the platform? That's where half their revenue comes from, and that's half their platform just going to go away. Meanwhile, you have fake news networks like CNN trying to censor other news outlets like OANN and Newsmax, probably because they have a bigger audience than them, but there's this guy named Oliver Dr Darcy who is the biggest con artist I've seen in conservative life. Apparently he did work at the Leadership Institute, but after you listen to this guy for a while, you realize this dude's probably a big con artist. And he was on Humpty Dumpty Stelter's show on this segment called The Newsmax Problem. And here's what Mr. Darcy had to say. Have to turn down the capability of these conservative influencers to reach these huge audiences. We're gonna have to figure out the OANN and Newsmax problem. You know, that these companies have freedom of speech, but I'm not sure we need Verizon, AT&T, Comcast and such to be bringing them into tens of millions of homes. Ladies and gentlemen, we are seeing a repeat in history of what the Nazis did to seize power. They suspended freedom of speech and used baseless claims to attack others with without any evidence being presented, and they have shifted the blame during the Capitol rides to networks like OANN and Newsmax, but now they want to use this attack as a reason to ban people they don't necessarily agree with politically. He says that those networks spread election denialism, but literally everyone including on this program may have not liked or agreed with the election outcome, I didn't, but I have even acknowledged that Joe Biden has been declared president-elect and since the Electoral College certified all the votes. But big networks like that denied the evidence existed, even though they probably were the ones that destroyed it. However, they say it's a problem we talk about voter fraud, and it wasn't for many years when CNN talked about Russia collusion, and it ended up being nothing but a farce just to change the 2016 election, or even how they smeared the Covington Catholic boys as racists, even though they settled a huge settlement, like $250 million with one of those guys. I'm very convinced that people at CNN aren't even aware of their own biases, let alone do they even know what bias means. And yet Newsmax, Fox, or even OANN has not called on CNN to be cancelled or demonetized. I think it's funny that people that work on CNN like Don Lamone present themselves as objective journalists. 
Oh my god, I'm an objective journalist until I say something like people who voted for Trump are all racist, lock their families and future kids. It doesn't mean that a voter believes that their vote means what you think it means. Well, but it also believes, it also means that you share something with that person and you must own up to it. And you have to, we have to stop saying giving people an out for, the, for people who represent the worst behavior. Stop trying to make an excuse for people who voted for someone who has those beliefs. That you may think that you don't believe that, but in a way, what you're doing, you're complicit with it because you are voting for the same type of person. Ah, so there you go. We're complicit if we vote for the people that have flaws. So, if we're going to be complicit with people who we vote for now, did you know that people who supported Ted Kennedy support him drowning a woman in Chappaquiddick? Did you know that every single Democrat that voted for Bill Clinton both times supported him having sexual relations in the White House with women using cigars? Did you know that every Democrat that voted for Joe Biden this year supports the 1994 crime bill that he drafted and the BLM riots over the summer? Were you aware of that? Because Don Lamont has the double standard to apply where people on the left are good and the right are bad people. Fascism is now a big threat in this country, and we have allowed it to happen. So, here's one way we can fight this. There's a friend of mine, Joe Mitchell, who's a member of the State House of Representatives in Iowa. He has an organization called Run Gen Z, which encourages young people in their early 20s to run for a local, state, or even eventually follow in the footsteps of Madison Cawthorn and run on a federal level. But it all starts on a state level, people. That's where it all matters the most. It's time for all of us to put our foot down against these people. It's time for us to fight back. Anyway, thank you for listening to this podcast. If you liked what you hear, give us those five-star reviews. We'd really appreciate it on Apple Podcasts. You can also listen to this podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Anchor. Have a good rest of your day.